fuck is that guy? Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we hit the motorway. Some might. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Christmas. Hello and welcome to episode 148 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Rory Ford making his return. Rory, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks mate. It's been a, a long time. I think it may even have been this time last year when we did a UFC review of the year last year. Exactly. Upstairs pods, so uh, there's no rules. I'm planning this to go out tonight, which is the 18th, but if I do some restructuring, then I'll say, I'll give a multiple choice here, where, so have a good Christmas if it's not yet Christmas, hope you've had a good Christmas <laughs> if it has been Christmas, and Happy New Year if I put this out for a New Year's pod. So all If it's going covered. out for New Year, then oh, I'm seriously worried, here we are. Well, I was debating this being the, coming out on the 30th, but I might just put it out tonight. Anyway... As we said, this is a UFC pod, so don't expect us to be getting into anything else. If you don't like MMA, this isn't the pod for you, so uh, you can switch off now. If you're a Bellator fan, you may as well switch off as well. Yeah. People can say you're a casual if you don't like Bellator. I've stayed up a couple of times to watch Bellator, and for someone that likes staying up on a Saturday, (laughs) it actually makes me want to go to sleep. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember when we watched a a Bellator um, card here collectively and it was pretty shit yeah i was up the other week um and they for some reason where bellator still decide to do non-live shows where they play out after and they were playing like a fight between it was like a peruvian against a norwegian at 3am in israel (laughs) what is the point in this yeah no that's uh yeah that's not the best but talking about weird fights we usually have news of the week. You were on the pod when we when we started that, I believe, and so oh, I've well, got yeah, yeah. somewhat of a news of the week kind of feature. And I've got some of the strange combat sports that have at least been attempted to come to fruition worldwide. So we'll get into them. Then we've got this year's stuff, and then we've got end of the decade to get into. So there yeah, is yeah. plenty. If you hear any reactions, we've got the Liverpool game on, and we'll have a mixture of our Clasico and the darts afterwards. So. Uh, Plenty for us to watch. So The darts, a.k.a. El Clasico. <laughs> anyway, first one then. The Team Fighting Championship. This is one that I think would sound like a good idea in principle <laughs> until you try and watch it. So it's, yeah. it's essentially yeah. like a WWE Survivor like Series Elimination X-Man. Chamber. Like everyone in there. My, my favourite part of this is, if anybody's seen the videos where the whole team of five gets done in about 45 seconds... Because anybody that watches MMA knows you get a few quick knockouts. Yeah. As soon as one quick knockout goes, and you then just got a two-on-one, then eventually you get you know two two-on-ones. By the end, the guy that's getting five-on-one, good luck to you. Yeah, and you've got people getting sucker punched from coming around the side. If you think the refereeing's bad when there's one person between two, then... Can you imagine it went to points? A couple more referees isn't helping out. 
it's really hard to know what to focus on because, I mean, when it's WWE, they're planning it so you're having one big moment at a time. Hopefully we haven't spoiled that WWE is fake for anyone out there. <laughs> but in this case, no, no. you can Him have Santa. two firefights on at the same time and just not really know what you're watching. It sounds like it'd be a great spectator sport. You get to watch five fights at once. I said it just looks like... Um, when you're younger and you have too many people on a trampoline, that phase where everyone had a trampoline <laughs> at their house, and you all kind of collectively know when that one person too many has got on there, when you can't yeah. get any height because everyone's jumping at different times, there's no space for you to be jumping up and down, and the trampoline really doesn't feel like it can take it. That's yeah. basically what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, we had that I was always going to say it's like when you chuck something in a in a blender, <laughs> and all you see is just <laughs> stuff flying around everywhere. Well, the next one is one I've watched numerous times, but I don't really know if I enjoy it or not, and that's a Bare Knuckle FC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one is a new legal sanction venture. It's popping up in more and more states in America. Hand wraps are the only protection allowed. No ground game, no kicks, no elbows or knees. Just a straight-up Bare Knuckle brawl with clinch work allowed. They're essentially taking in all of the hand-me-downs from the UFC. Like, you had Big Nog fight in the last one and got chinned in the space of a round. Where if your chin's yeah. not there in the UFC, it's probably not going to be there in bare knuckle. Yeah, I mean, I don't like... You know, the UFC gets its criticism for being a blood sport. But let's be realistic about what you're talking there. You're talking about two men. I mean, I get, I get the appeal to some... But until you're getting, well, you know, if they were that good, they'd be doing real boxing. Yeah, I've I've watched the, um, I think I've watched each pay-per-view they've done so far. Um, s- some could allege that I've not paid for them, but that's a whole other <laughs> ball game. Usually it's like those weird UFC cards where they finish at like 1am and you're kind of stuck where you're Even awake. Even weirder this yeah. weekend, finishes <laughs> about midday. Yeah. Well, you're awake, but you're not ready to sleep and so you yeah, bang yeah. it on or whatever. It's the most like redneck crowd you will ever see. <laughs> it's like uh, the episode of South Park where they do wrestling. The crowd is literally the same as that. When Jason Knight beat Artem last time, uh, he asked them all to stop and say a prayer together. And they all say, you could hear the like twang when they're saying, Lord. <laughs> I can't say I've watched a, a hell of a lot of it. Um, I think we, again, maybe we've had it on around there before. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, a weird concept for a, a spectator sport. Well, the first one they had was when the promoter came in and someone had actually tried to box and he said they weren't going to get paid. He was like, you don't get paid for running on this promotion. You come to fight when How you can come you run? to bare knuckle it's about, it's about eight foot wide, the ring. The commentators are horrendous. They continually call it a squared circle trying to sound... <laughs> professional when it's an actual circle (laughs) yeah i mean i just i think it's a very odd one as much as gloves are in it for boxing gloves are also there to protect the hands more than the head i was finished last time around when the commentator said harder said than done as his phrase and their way of explaining that it's complex is that essentially you have like a letterbox of space where you can punch without doing yourself more damage than the opponent because you punch the top of the edge, you're going to hurt yourself. You punch teeth, you're going to hurt yourself. So you've essentially got 
How is that a valid concern, though? Don't your punch eyebrows teeth. to like your top lip is the space. Yeah, I mean that's worrying though. That is worrying. I just I just dislike anything where all you get is washed up old fighters. Really. Yeah. Well, if if you thought that one uh, was strange to watch, there's a promotion called Exam. So essentially, harm with an X in front of it. And Exam features two men arm wrestling. But instead of just trying to talk <laughs> their opponent's knuckles onto a table via pure strength, both are allowed to punch and kick each other while doing it. I have seen a clip of this, I think, recently on um, Facebook. And I think I was done when I saw a man lift and do a head kick and then slam his <laughs> opponent's arm down. I also saw somebody else try and do an arm bar across the table if this is the same promotion. Well, their hands are taped together and their belt lines are tethered to the table, so... This may be a different promotion. That sounds like a different <laughs> one, but that's... even still, it, it's just mental. You've got to have some kind of athleticism to be able to kick someone in the head from there. So, Well, you know, <laughs> maybe 10 years ago, I may have been that man. So this one, they say, is good in terms of like being aesthetically pleasing, and it's called um, Ganrujiyama Martial Arts Moat Fighting. And they say its fights feature a modified rule set taking place on an elevated circular platform surrounded by mist. It has a different look and feel from anything else in MMA today. So essentially, if you look past that it's contested above a moat, then the rules are basically just structured to force fights into stand-up contests and they get all the different styles of like Japanese fighting and just put them together on a raised platform to fight like they're in like an end scene from Star Wars. Are we not just really going through here and saying, if it's not broke, don't fix <laughs> it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The UFC works. I don't need to be watching people trying to fight around the moat. <laughs> well, this one then, so M1 Medieval, and you've probably seen a clip of this before. Oh, not sure this is one I've actually so, seen, to be fair. Historical medieval battles is a, med- is a Russian sport that's been around for a number of years. M1 merely adapted it to MMA for its events and gave the participants a platform. Stabbing with the blunt sword is a strict violation of the rules, as you would probably hope. Um, But that doesn't mean you can't swing and hit your opponent with the weapon, but thrusting it in a stabbing motion is forbidden, and you have a trio of three-minute rounds to get a winner. So are they allowed to kick and punch at the same time? Yeah, you're essentially completely armoured up with a sword and you just scrap it out for three minutes. Yeah, that's odd. That just reminds me of the and film Role Models. Which is even weirder. I mean, is it not just <laughs> yeah. that is that not just role models with slightly less acting? Well, no, there's yeah, less acting, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be acting this one out. Now this one was the most dangerous on the list. FMA, the promotion's called, and it emphasizes weapons. So, particularly modern available weapons such as sticks of various range, knives, longer blades like machetes, chains, and even projectile weapons like guns. What? And it also uses unarmed techniques as only one part of the mix. So, basically, your hands are treated like a weapon, and then everything else is also a weapon. So, I don't know why you're choosing your hands if you're on that list. Um, so, you're basically putting all kinds of pro- of protective gear, and then... You, it's like you're playing a game of battle royale with all your different types of weapons. What a weird concept again. Says uh, they basically just beat the shit out of each other with wooden sticks for the most part. Um, 
because when you just have the wooden sticks, then you're unprotected if that's the rule set they're going under. So then you can just beat each other with a wooden stick with little to no armor on. Wow. Um, wow. They're unsanctioned, so the competitions make them especially dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's sanctioning that. No. <laughs> if I'm honest. This is one to watch now. Shock fights, the promotion is. A spectacularly ludicrous affair requiring minimal brain power and a death wish. Take a standard boxing ring, add two madmen with three million volt tasers strapped to each hand, and cheer them on while they electrocute each other. <laughs> Again, who's sanctioning that? <laughs> I think it was in Thailand, so. And then yeah. finally, one which you would think wouldn't be in like, a nice place like the Cotswolds, but shin kicking, which you may have yeah. seen a video of before. Yeah, I mean, compared to the last couple, that's not yeah. so bad, but if anybody's been kicked in the shin, Jesus Christ. Well, they say basically the rules are you stuff as much straw as possible down your trouser leg and then get to work kicking your opponent's shins as hard as possible to break the straw and then hopefully their legs afterwards. The winner is the contestant who kicks their opponent to the ground first. Yeah, I would be terrible at that. One reason that I dislike the idea of being or doing MMA is checking leg kicks. <laughs> Next after that is having an elbow bounced off my orbital bone. In that order. Get them big uh, like steel toe caps like, like uh, the Grebos used to wear at school. <laughs> Take yourself in for one A of them. A big pair of rock ports. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you show you mean business. That's like the equivalent of that that game before. So that's the equivalent of coming out with a massive sword. You just come out with <laughs> a little bit of shine on your boots and <laughs> your CDs. That is basically like bringing a knife to a gunfight, <laughs> though, if you're the guy in your normal trainers. So if we get to some uh, more normal sport then and back to uh, the UFC. If we're talking about some more normal sport, I've just noticed that Adam Lallana is now the other centre-back for Liverpool. Christ, yeah. They had him in a deep line playmaker earlier. <laughs> Stephen Warnock was like, you know, you love to see him in this position. We've genuinely got Jordan Henson and Adam Lallana playing centre back. I, as a side note, I do quite like Warnock as a commentator. Seems like a bit of a breath of fresh air, as opposed to some of the other garbage you hear when Liverpool are playing, like such as Steve McManaman. Uh, no, I stand corrected. Joe Gomez is actually centre back. He's um, Warnock's good mate with Milner, isn't he? I've not got that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Here. I'm not sure. I feel like it's him I saw pop up on his Instagram. Cause I mean, quite possibly. I mean, they wouldn't be far off being a similar no, age, I wouldn't he's, have thought. He's, every time you mentioned Milner, he seemed like he was like trying to fight off like a nickname. So he was calling him like James Milner every single time. <laughs> so like he had a name for him and he was just making sure he stayed professional. Yeah, I like that. All right then, 2019 MMA Awards. Anyone that received an award last year, they're probably listening out eagerly, hoping that they've managed yeah, to attain Yeah, I mean, and if you haven't won an award last year, don't worry. I've gone for quite a few different <laughs> fighters this year. Obviously, the most prestigious awards, awards in the whole of MMA. Exactly. Fighter of the year, probably a good place to start. Yeah, I would probably say it's the main um, category. I mean, two immediate names spring to mind, them being widely renowned fighter of the year Jorge Masvidal and uh, the other one I've got on my list is Israel Adesanya um, I, I thought the two and I also thought that um, Henry Cejudo deserves yeah, a yeah, shout yeah. yeah I thought he had definitely been overlooked um, driving here I actually thought Cejudo probably deserved an honourable mention but um, 
yeah, I, I went for the other two guys. Um, I would probably give it, if I had to give it to somebody, to Israel. So you've got Adesanya defeated, Anderson Silva by decision, yep. Gastelum by knockout, and then uh, uh, Gastelum by decision, sorry, and then Whitaker by second round knockout. Yeah, I mean, I know Masvidal's had finishes. So he had a KO two of Till and first round of yep. Askren and third round. End of third for Nate. For yeah, Nate yeah. Diaz. But I get that. I get Masvidal's three great wins, but fighter of the year, Israel has won a belt. To me, that means a lot more. Yeah, than... I gave it to um, Israel as well. I actually would have, I actually think the two wins for Cejudo are better than the wins for Masvidal, but Masvidal is obviously a lot more spectacular. Yeah, which says I, yeah, a lot yeah, I get that. Because knocking Dillashaw out in a round is fairly spectacular. Yes, yes. Even better when you know that he was juiced to the gills afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a side note here. I don't know if I'm slightly being biased towards Israel, but I believe he was our one to watch for 2019. So to now crown him fighter of the year feels uh, feels good, let's say. I don't like to reward him for... Uh what he did to Bobby Knuckles either after the way he let me down. Yeah, I mean, we we actually did have a bet on that fight as well and I was fully behind Israel, you behind Whitaker, but a proper pick and fight, but what a one-sided contest Two it ended up being. when Whitaker whiffed a right hand from like one side of the cage to the other, I thought, Christ, we're in for a long one here. And I thought, all right, maybe he's got it out of his system. Then he's flung another one in. And I thought, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he needs to connect early, otherwise this could be a long night. And I'm pretty sure I had to be up early for an Arsenal game straight after. And I can't think... Oh, I'd actually just been to watch Liverpool-Leicester that weekend. Yeah, I can't think what game it was, but I th- seem to remember it wasn't one that I was thrilled to get up for. I think I was at the taxi rank like no, we had the taxi outside and I was like oh, I really don't want to be doing this against <laughs> okay, someone dreadful but no I would give it to um, Adesanya as well I think yeah. purely on that belt win I mean is that the standout for you I mean I, I don't get this this notion that his fight against Silva was a brilliant fight no I, completely no, disagree. I was going to mention it it's, that it wasn't was, a brilliant performance but the two performances after really were you've got a 2-2 going into the fifth against Whitaker or how I scored it and then he Gastelum. just uh, Gastelum yeah. sorry uh, and then he dominates Gastelum in the fifth to get a, a win in fact, and was, then KOs Whitaker in such emphatic fashion it was parts of the silver fight which is actually what made me slightly doubt him against Gastelum and against uh, Whitaker because of how uncomfortable he looked when the few times that Silva just charged him down. There yes, was a couple of times yes. that Silva sprinted and he looked like, what the hell is going on? Yes. And so I thought, all right, maybe this is going to be what makes the difference here. Thought that Whitaker would have intelligent pressure like he did against Yoel and Jacare. Yeah. Obviously didn't pay off like that, but... No, no. I think the wins that uh, Masvidal had, the Till one, I think, is going to age well. Um, people were writing off Till immediately as if to say that the win wasn't going to age as well as it perhaps could have when they were assuming that he was going to then go on and lose a couple more. I think if he lost to Gastelum, that win looked far worse. He did lose against Gastelum. No, he didn't. (laughs) But then the Askren one looks worse when you then see that he's retired without picking up another win. Yeah. Then when you look at the 
Dillashaw won, the one for Zahudo actually aged better because you found out that he was on PEDs after. And I think the win against Morais... I well, don't think the win against Morais can look any better than it did at the time because... No, Morais came out charging, but Cejudo just broke him down. But I think that's going to be the fight that Morais fights every time. I think we saw a similar fight on Saturday where he just looked incredible in the first round, but he's just got no gas tank. Yeah, do you not think we, as as fans, and I always see the, the meme, like the fighters post, where it's like some proper fat bloke on a sofa and it's like a, I would have thrown a right there or something. They're yeah, saying yeah. like, you can't have an opinion. First of all, we're not paid to be doing this, so they can get that out the window. The second thing would be that, as fans, you can forgive if maybe the game plan goes wrong. You can forgive if you walk onto a shot. It's hard to forgive a fighter when they are beaten by their own gas tank. Yeah, yeah I get that. Especially like with some fighters, you can see it where... You can forgive a fighter when Nate Diaz puts a pace on you that you can't that you can't hold on to, basically, and it grinds you down that way. But when it's fought at, say... McGregor against uh, Nate, McGregor against basically every fight where he's drowned, McGregor against uh, Floyd was another one. When you're basically just not fit enough to go the distance at pace, it is unforgivable. Well, what does me is endurance can be learned. Well, I see McGregor does no road running, like he refuses to do. Yeah, but running. yeah, but well, this is going to be my next point. I know people that do day jobs in offices that have run the London Marathon. Yeah. You can train your body to do endurance sport. You can't really train your body to take a shot. You, well, I mean, you can do certain things, yeah. but it's harder to do. You can't train your body to throw ridiculously hard shots. Some people just have that God-given power. But you can train your body easily to be able to this, do endurance. This was my main argument. It's a whole other debate to go down, which we won't get into, about the Fury thing where people kept saying you've got to give him credit for losing that weight. And it's like, you dangle a carrot under my nose of about 10 million and see how quickly I lose the weight. <laughs> and then tell me you don't have to work on top of that either. You're strictly going to be doing that day in, day out. Doesn't deserve as much credit. Being in shape, same as making weight, is like the bare minimum. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get and for point. most fighters, they do say like, the fight is making weight. After that, it's just... That's what you want to be doing. Yeah. So, I mean, a bit of a tangent, but Gastelum is perhaps one who falls into that category of, at a bare minimum, you should be <laughs> keeping your body in shape. Yeah. I mean, it's a short, it's a short career, and if if you're going to go down that position, I would at least like to put myself in the best position to not be too brain damaged if that's what it's coming down to. Yeah, I get your point. <laughs> I get your point female fighter of the year then I think this one is going to be quite maybe not quite conclusive but the two contenders it boils down to are for me Amanda Nunes who's got a KO1 win against Holly Holm decision win against Jermaine Durandamy this past weekend and then the other contender I think would be um, Shang Wei Liu as a decision win against Tisha Torres and a uh, knockout in the first round against uh, Jessica Andrade yep yeah, I actually just went for Nunes. Um, I get the Wei Li Zhang argument. I think she's had obviously a brilliant year, but Nunes is just she's just another level, isn't she? Yeah, I, I don't put anything onto Valentina Shevchenko. 
if people go back on the podcast actually and they listen to the way I talk about her now compared to before the second Amanda Nunes fight, she was my favourite female fighter to watch and then she has literally gone up in weight and she's seen they made a weight class essentially just for Cyborg and then I thought, you know, that looks alright to me yeah, actually yeah. having a whole weight class against people that are either too fat for the division below or going to drain themselves from the division above just to get down there. So who yeah. wins, what was it, five rounds against uh, Liz Carmouche. Yep. That was actually the f- card which I fell asleep for and you robbed the chance of a crate away from me, that card. Of, so of all well, the- I mean, talking of, I'm sure the viewers are probably unaware, but me and Luke have engaged in a very long-running um, bet whereby the loser will purchase the other one a crate of beer or similar. It actually rolled over as a draw first time round. So we're now playing for two crates till the end of the year on one fight up with one card to go. I was actually three up. Oh, you snake! I was actually three up with um, this card, but he picked Volko and uh, Usman, and I had Colby and Holloway. Um, yeah. Bobby's nicked it for you. Yeah. Firmino's just scored, surely winning the game for Liverpool, so we can now concentrate sure. on rattling through the podcast. <laughs> I would say a win against Andrade is more impressive than a win against Holm and Durandamy. I'm uh, not sure I agree. You not think? No, I don't. Uh, I agree because I mean, you look at the way that um, Rosenham Yunus pieced Andrade no, up in the first this round. Ang- this angers me, and I-, I don't think you're one of the people I'm about to refer to. The freaks that obsess over Nama Yunus because she looks like a kid and like they think that bigging her up she's going to notice them and throw a bit their way I can't think of any other reason No, but people I... to say that oh but she deserves a rematch because of that first round no I don't I'm not saying that no no you, I'm you're misunderstanding what but I'm you saying you're saying just... she pieced her up she had a good five minutes That there's no other way that Andrade was ever going to fight that fight She's no, going to no, press I to- forward, I totally wait get to that. try and get her hands on you and then go from there. So I totally get that, but I wouldn't say that that Andrage is looked at in the level that Drain Durandamy or certainly Holly Homer looked at. Look at what Andrage has done to every female that isn't um, Joanna and now Zhang uh, Wei Li. And I think it's, uh, I would still have Nunes as my fire of the yep. year. But I mean, yep. she's kept two belts going, but I just find it hard to uh, see how the one win doesn't come above the others because maybe it's testament to what Nunes is because I think you would pick Zhang Wei, Zhang Wei not Zhang Wei Li, you would pick Jessica Andrade to be more successful in the UFC than I think you would pick any of the than you would pick Holm and Durandamy at this point. At this point, granted, but the fighters that because Holmes have bought like four title shots now. <laughs> yeah. And I am a Holly Holm fan. Yeah. And but Durandamy I mean, you can't forgive for the way she literally dropped about to duck Cyborg. Like mm-hmm. she ducked her before she'd even left the octagon. She was yeah. like, you know what? Maybe I won't have that far. I mean, I want some time off. I've been thinking about, <laughs> and I'm not sure she's the right opponent. I might go back down in weight. But no, yeah. I would agree, Amanda Nunes. Breakthrough fighter of the year, then. So, 
Zhang Weili could also yeah, yeah. come into yeah. that category. And I don't think the UFC are going to be complaining that they've got a, an Asian champion now. It certainly worked in their favour when you no, look agree, at the, the way that they sent Andrade over there as champion to defend the belt. Yep. The others I had as a as a suggestion. Another were, obvious from the weekend would be Volkanovski. Yeah. Uh, Leon Edwards was potentially. Yeah, I mean, we sp- I, I briefly mentioned him just off air um, as as a potential fighter of the year. He's had a, he's had a good good couple of wins this and year. I also had um, Cannoneer as a breakthrough. Okay. Yeah, of yeah. the year as well. So I mean, the resumes we've just been through: um, Zhang Weili's Leon Edwards decision against Gunnar Nelson, decision against RDA. Yep. Volkanovski decision against Aldo, decision against Holloway. Which actually, if it wasn't for the year that our fighters of the year have had those are two fighter of the year yeah. contender wins yeah no i i volkanovsky was the one that's really stuck out to me just because of the two people he's beaten yeah and again as i, m- I mentioned earlier with israel that winning of the belt because i mean if you would have said at the start of last year who's going to be the champion at the end of the year we wouldn't even have mentioned volkanovsky no and then Cannonier knocked out silver in yep. the first round where they booed him for winning by a leg kick which was a strange thing especially against Silver mm-hmm. and then um, knocked out Jack Manson in the second round yep. who I favoured to do a job on that was uh, a main event was it of, yeah it was yeah, yeah in Norway yeah so of, his, his first main event I assume kind of yeah. yeah of those I there I would definitely say Volkanovski yeah gets it. yeah me too me winning too. the winning the belt helps and then but my my question was whether a champion would be what would we consider as like a breakthrough fighter, but so I but, wasn't sure. But again, my my point uh, as a minute ago, if we'd have spoken about him as being a potential title contender end of last year, I'd have said, yeah, you you you're speaking nonsense. If uh, the powers that be above us have an issue, then uh, Leon Edwards can be your fallback. Fight of the year, then a couple of these we've mentioned, so it's a bit of a crossover. I think the ones that I had as a suggestion, so nominees I had a. Uh, Gastelum against Adesanya. Yeah. Uh, Holloway against uh, Poirier. Yeah. Um, Barbarina against Luque. And uh, Yoel Romero against uh, Paolo Costa. One I actually had forgotten about that, Yoel Romero v Costa. That wasn't one that um, I, I had sort of, you know, I don't know why. That, All you'll yeah, see that my if mind. you search is the clip of uh, Romero pointing outside of the octagon when he was hurt and then throwing a shot while Costa looked yeah. at whatever he was pretending to... Typical you are, Romero. Sure. Are you not giving a mention to the fight we just saw this weekend, Colby and Usman? Good shout, actually. Because I've said on here before, um, for me, a fight of the year, and this is why um, Holloway, Poirier, for me, wouldn't be what I would go for. But I think Gaslam Adesanya is as close as you can come for me without it being there, is I like a fight of the year to have a conclusive finish. So essentially, you want it to be back and forth, and then and you want there to be some momentum shifts, and yeah. then you, I would like a conclusive winner. Yeah. Adesanya I mean, Gastelum, you essentially had a conclusive winner that Gastelum was barely able to stand by the end of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, Usman and Colby, I don't know whether it's just where it's fresh in the mind, but that was one... Watching it on Saturday, I thought, "What a great fight!" Yeah, I didn't know I didn't how. Expect that. Didn't know how the judges were going to have it scored. I mean, it's what it says. It's a weird thing to say. Fight of the year was it really an MMA fight? It's a kickboxing contest. Yeah. Well, it usually is. 
but but I just don't a, think you're gonna have many wrestling contests. No, no, but there wasn't even an attempt at a takedown. Do you know what I mean? No. There wasn't even any real, not a lot of clinch work really. But I just thought, what a great fight! I would go with Gaslam Adesanya. It was one where you really didn't know who was going to win, and no. you had that moment where you kind of say to yourself, "Well, that's done." Mm-hmm. And you look like you're just waiting for the ref to step in, and yeah. then they manage to save themselves. I don't know why Gastelum went for a takedown when he had Adesanya in all sorts yeah. of trouble in what was like the third round, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was a really, really brilliant fight. But Barbara and Aluke was one where you go in not expecting too much. Yeah, it's then, one of them. To be fair, Brian Barberena, he's tough as nails. Yeah. Really, really he tough. He must have one of the best chins in the UFC, which Luke actually showed himself when yeah. he fought Wonderboy. Yeah. As much as with fights of the year, I think people kind of score them differently where the one part it's a fight of the year is always better when it's at the highest level. So a title fight or whatever, when two people at the highest level can put on a fight like that. Yep. But it's also very cool when you get one where you're not expecting a bad fight, but you're not expecting like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like somewhere in the middle of the in the middle of the card. Yeah, they explodes. are always the great ones. There was one, wasn't there? It was like Arlovsky against Travis Brown. Yeah, I think it might be. Where they were just getting dropped and then the other yeah, guy would get dropped yeah. and then the other guy would get dropped. Yeah, that was a good fight. That was fun. Just one like that where it's just slotted in the middle of the card and then just for 15 minutes, it's just mental and then it's, it's it normally just carries nice. on as if nothing's happened. It's normally it's... nice if you're a bit tired and you think, yeah. oh God, I could do have a good fight. And then you get something like that and it really just, you know, has you almost shouting at the TV. You know when it's a good fight where even if you're watching it with someone on your own, you sit forward like you're yeah, telling yourself, yeah, yeah. I'm in business here. <laughs> Take this in properly. Yeah. Would you go for Gastelum Adesanya or would you go any different? As I said, I don't know if it's where it's fresh in the mind, but the fight of Saturday. I might put a couple of these up as uh, polls on Twitter uh, close to the end of the year. You never know. We might do no joy fights on Saturday. So. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Do you know the story with that? That he's fighting on Saturday. He's still on his military service, but he was able to fight if it was in the same area he was doing his service in. So they've essentially put wow. the whole card there so he can fight on it. Doho Choi? Yeah. He's not your main event? No. <laughs> because there was some people saying that they would put him in to fight a Korean zombie. Yes. And they, I think they essentially were thinking, why would we kill off two of our Asian stars when yeah, yeah. we can keep both of them on the card? Yeah. But no, I think they're giving him a fight that he should win on the basis that then he can go on and have bigger cards. So. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. And he's lost two in a row now, hasn't he? So they probably don't want to... Yeah. What three. Jeremy Stevens and the Cubs wants and you don't really need to be fed another killer. No. And if you lose three, you're in danger of being yeah. cut no matter who you are. Cub Swanson's actually, um, he fought at that, or fought that quintet thing they had. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. where they did the UFC against Pride. Yeah, against, yeah. And uh, he was caught in a knee bar and um, ripped his ACL. Oh, where wow. He clearly didn't tap quick enough. Wow. <laughs> so, for what I imagine he wasn't paid a lot for, he's going to have lost probably a year of his career at this age. At that age, he's, after just he's, getting probably, a win. he's probably nearly ended his career there. 
that was one where we went different actually this year. That wait, you had uh, Crone Gracie. Yeah, wow, <laughs> wow, and then you had the cheek to tag me in. Uh, Kurt, is it Curtis Blades? Yeah, uh, who tweeted, "Wow, I didn't know Crone Gracie had no attack in wrestling," <laughs> and you tagged me in. I thought, no, neither did I. That's why I thought he might he might get the job done. Knockout of the year. Is there even any discussion? <laughs> yeah, uh, Ben Askren. Poor Ben Askren of uh, all the people for it to happen. Or I to. should say, Jorge Masvidal knock yeah. out of the year on Ben Askren. Can there be any other? Is there no. really any other? Even if you like the person that is talking shit, it is. There's no what. Well, there is other sports in the world, but there's very few other sports in the world where you really can be made to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as bad as Suarez has been through his career, you know realistically that no one is going to lamp him on the pitch. No. Or no one is going to meet him in the car park after. No, I get your point. I get your point. And so people like Colby, people like Askren, people like McGregor, it is beautiful when you do get that moment. People have parties, I think, in commemoration of when it happened to Adrian Broner for the first time (laughs) against Maidana. Yeah. yeah, Everyone loves seeing it and it does make it more sweeter. I mean, on UFC 189, which I'm sure we'll mention later, you had two flying knees on that card. And even if they were better, you'd have put this one above it purely because of who was throwing it, who it landed on, and what had happened beforehand. I think also the fact it was the first shot that landed in the fight. You know, it wasn't somebody was tiring and their hands dropped. The first shot of the fight was that, followed by two (laughs) other sickening shots. And the celebration after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Submission of the year then. So I narrowed this down to two, and I had it between uh, Bryce Mitchell, who landed a twister twister last week, and another one that was uh, against you, actually, in our bet. And that is um, Misha Serkinov, who you were gonna say that. had the Peruvian necktie on uh, Jim Crute. Yeah, that was horrific as well. That would be my pick for what it's worth. As I'm cool just a as huge the... fan of submissions that you don't see every day. Yeah. And that's probably why these two obviously are up with the submission of yeah, the Yeah, this year. was the second twister in uh, USC history. I may have to go for the twister purely on one of my answers for a later question. <laughs> But for me, it was the necktie, and because he'd taken a bit of a beating before that. Yeah, I know. And then pulled it out, yeah, yeah. whereas Bryce Mitchell was fairly dominant. I think there was a takedown early in the fight, which was against him, and then after then, he looked like he was in control. Twister just seems like... There's so much you have to do to a guy to get him into a twister. Whereas, like, you look at a guillotine, you get look at a rear naked choke, they're so... They're, they're so simple but so effective. A twister, you know, you it, have to do so much setup to get it. Yeah, you know, it's a good submission when like the jujitsu guys on commentary get hyped up. Mm. Like mm-hmm. we all see uh, an attempt minimum at a rear naked choke probably about fifteen times per UFC card. Mm-hmm. Whereas you see that, and it is when you hear like I think DC during the twister was saying. Oh, if he's going for this, he has to put his arm around here. Then you realised what was happening. Yeah, and it looks like one of those submissions. You almost where... look like you're let down, hugging together when you yeah. hook his arm over the back of your head, and then you start yanking his back in all sorts of horrible ways. Yeah, I was going to say you look almost embarrassed to tap to it when it happens. 
I can assure you they they wouldn't be. I mean, it looks vile. Yeah, but I mean, like you shouldn't be getting caught in it. No, no, I mean, that's so what I mean. Look, it takes a hell of a lot of setup. Like whenever you see the people where must have about once a year, someone gets caught in like a Walls of Jericho submission, <laughs> and you know every fiber of their being is thinking, "I really don't want to tap to this." No, but they have to, and you see their face after. Oh, for Christ's sake! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we're split there on that one. Comeback of the year, one that cost me only two weeks ago. Uh, okay, we got different here. Then. Yeah, so I had uh, Rosenstruik against Overeem. Four seconds left. Yeah, Yolanda, one it's a disgusting part. <laughs> I actually had uh, Rosenstruik in a bet, cashed it out once Overeem got that first takedown because I thought, wow, oh, there's his one minute of juice gone. He's, he's out of here. He actually hasn't had nearly as much stick for that as he should have because that shouldn't be happening with four seconds left in the fight. Well, I actually turned it off to uh, to watch the Hong Kong Vars horse racing, Christ. turned it back on, and then I was like, oh, well, at least over in once. He was still stood up. And then I saw his lip and was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. And then realised he hadn't, in fact, actually won. No, I was raging at that. No. He looked too happy afterwards as well, over in. No, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Well, my actual comeback of the year, um, I'll give it uh, Ben Askren. Against Robbie. Lord. Oh, okay. No, I, my mind was wondering, thinking, is this like a joke? No, know. no, no. I give it against Robbie Lawler because yeah, he looked out. Yeah. I mean, Overeem, yeah, whilst he, he was clearly winning the fight, he never had really Rosa struck in trouble. No. I'm, Whereas Askren yeah. looked... Wait, arguably should have been stopped. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. You're lucky, actually, that you don't have the control of the spitball and Twitter because the amount of people complaining that Overeem shouldn't have been stopped when, because they're like, he was walking away. And it's like, he's walking away, first of all, because the ref pushes him away. <laughs> and then Overeem is still struggling to stand up about five minutes later. <laughs> so they're, I don't know what, it doesn't matter if there's four seconds or four minutes. If you're, incapable of defending yourself yeah yeah then you stop it and I think one that we saw what planet he was on I think one that we saw recently that both made us laugh talking of being able to defend yourself and the ref jumping in was was Struve when we were both convinced that he was trying to (laughs) let Struve see the end of the round against Ben Rothwell after the two low blows but he just so badly couldn't because he was getting teed off do you remember I think it must have been this year um, Anthony Smith where he stepped in to face Shogun. Uh, was that this year? Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. Was it Anthony Smith? I'm pretty sure it was, but either way, where he, like, destroyed him, like, out cold. Yeah. And people were saying that it was too early because his eyes were still open when he was down. Like, <laughs> what do you want? Like in a film, like his eyes are going to be shut to prove he's dead. Like, what the hell is wrong with him? He you? wants him that knocked out that... Smith can literally close his eyes for him. Yeah. Upset of the year, so I know you've got one to add on to this. Yeah. Um, the suggestions I had was Cejudo against Dillashaw, knocking out in the first round. Yeah. Usman against Woodley, which in hindsight doesn't look like an upset. But Yeah, I mean, both of those aren't hugely upsetting. Um, Pettis against Wonderboy. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, Munoz against Garbrandt. Yeah, that was crazy. And uh, your girl, um, Roxanne Modafferi, against um, Antonina Shevchenko. Again, I'm not going to say my girl. Um, Well, the one for me was probably purely on the amount of betting, but in hindsight, not that surprisingly, 
Tristan Connolly v Michel Pejea, who Pejea looked like a beast, but in fact is actually probably not the best fighter. He throws no. wild techniques, but as soon as he gets put on his ass, he's probably going to be beat. And I don't think he's going to win that many more fights. I saw that Tristan Connolly has uh, beef with, and I can't think of the guy's name. Can you think it's a it's a fellow Canadian who spoke out against the UFC about like their rights, and I can't think. Patrick Cote. I'm no, trying to think of many Canadians he, that have been I in the UFC. I'm pretty sure he had a ponytail. He was like a filler kind of guy. No, name escapes me if I'm honest. I'll have to I'll have to try and remember it. Basically, um this guy spoke out against the UFC about the the way that they were paid and all of this. Yeah. And he said that he was refusing to kind of quit his contract. He insinuated that they had suggested it would be best for both of them if they could part ways. And so, because he wouldn't leave oh, his contract, got fed two killers and got the UFC basically put him against all of these like uh, Dagestani teenagers and they would just send him to like a Russia card or whatever card in the yeah, middle yeah, of yeah. nowhere. And then... Uh, see what happens to him. I'm going to try and find the guy's name at some point, yeah. just because it's going to annoy me otherwise, but obviously not ideal. And But this uh, Tristan Connolly, he like hates him for some reason. <laughs> he says, like, you know, this, he, he, he's not a nice guy. And he like went on a massive rant on the Helwani show when he should have been kind of like basking in his glory. Yeah, no, I can't see how I know that. So that would be your one. I would probably go for at the time I actually slagged off all of these fights I think so it's it's a disgrace that we didn't ever get Woodley against Covington which is one thing well, I was thinking. Dana White did say he was thinking of it straight after Saturday's card. Yeah we should have had it before though. I would go for Pettis Wonderboy I think. Yep. The two fights I tweeted out at the time saying that basically they should never be happening was that and uh, Munoz Garbrandt was the other one where I said no one else gets a gimme fight in the UFC so uh, why does Garbrandt and then then he gets cleaned out. Yeah, yeah. What else have we got next then on the list? We have Analyst of the Year. I'm going to be honest, I have no passion for an analyst of the year why do you not tune in and you hear some guys on commentary and you're like okay this yeah I get that I mean Felder's slowly growing on me what do you mean slowly like you didn't like him before not that I didn't like him just that I feel like I'm probably paying him a bit more attention now if you get what I mean you're one of the few people that is like like a big fan of Dominic Cruz on commentary Uh, I don't think I'm a massive fan of Dominic Cruz I think I'm not a massive fan of DC on commentary so I feel like he just shouts shite at times Rogan's the worst yeah he's days. getting worse he's getting progressively worse bless him he's hurt was he must have yelled that out about 80 times or he stunned him and it's like he, no he hasn't he just landed a shot yeah they do love oh god he stunned him and I'm like no, he's probably not but well, that's the reason they got rid of Goldie from the UFC was because he just kept yelling out shite and <laughs> <laughs> instead you've got this for me it, it would be between Bisping and Felder um Bisping is slotted in really nicely. But I will never give Bisping an and award. he's arguably like 
the best guy you can have. I mean, John Anik is. As I feel like John Alex very. He's he's like the glow, isn't he? Really. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I'd probably give it to Bisping, and I think he's only going to get more and more. Yeah, I mean, I do like Fowler. Fowler's because he's. I mean, he's still living it now. Yeah. Said TK needs to get a Felder beard, but he refuses. I'm not even sure TK could grow it. <laughs> Don't think he's got that in the locker. A robbery of the year. There's only one. Um, Cody Stamen yeah. against uh, Song Yadong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, completely agree. I actually backed Song Yadong, and I, I would, I'd already put another bet on by the time that they had announced the, um, the result. If that tells you which way I thought it was going. Still, still raging. I don't know how you can lose nearly every... Well, a debate to lose every round, have a point deducted and not lose. I just don't wear that one out. No. What about event of the year? Well, I had uh, UFC 235 as my event of the year. If I give you a bit of sort of rundown of why I thought that that was my event of the year. So we take it from... We say from um, sort of the lower card we had... Sanchez v Mickey Gore, which was a fun fight. We had um, Johnny Walker landed that huge flying knee on Misha Serkinov. We had Zabit and Jeremy Stevens, not necessarily the best of fights, but uh, you know a young stud against uh, an older veteran. We then just had a fight we just mentioned Pedro Munoz against Cody Garbrandt, which whilst it was only on for just under a round, <laughs> it was a fun four and a half minutes or so. We then had um, Zhang Wei Li beating. Tisha Torres, obviously, she subsequently went on to win the belt. We've had Askren v. Robbie Lawler, which obviously I gave as my comeback of the year. We had Usman v. Woodley, which was just a coming out party for Kamaru Usman. And then we had John Jones v. Anthony Smith, which I thought, despite the fact most of the cards were 48 44, um, from recollection, I actually thought it was a bit closer than that. Nah. I, actually... I thought it was a fun fight. I mean, nobody gave Smith even a, a remote chance of even no. landing a glove. So, I mean, he made it competitive. I actually didn't even have that as a nomination. Mine, wow. Yeah, mine came down. I, I feel had, like I've convinced you. <laughs> I had UFC 241, where you had DC Stipe, Diaz yep. Pettis, and Romero Costa. Yep. UFC 239, where you had Jones, <laughs> you had Jones Santos, Nunes Holm, Masvidal Askren, Lahovic against Rockhold. Yep. And uh, UFC 236, where you had Poirier Holloway, Adesanya Gastelum, and your boy Khalil Roundtree against Eric Anders. Hate that, man. <laughs> so I would give it to UFC 236, I think. Yeah, uh, UFC 235, was, you're right. It was top-heavy, but I'd put it down to a more competitive top of the card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I get that. Yeah, I mean, it was a very good card, to be fair. The two top fights were brilliant. Khalil Roundtree v. Erky Anders, which was just a ridiculous fight. I mean, how how good Khalil Roundtree looked that day. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I didn't think they were terrific fights. So, champions at the end of 2020, then, is our next port of call. Yep. Shall I run us through from... Well, do you want to run through your list and then I'll perhaps, you know, give a... Little indicator if I agree or, or <laughs> yeah, I disagree, because I got a I got a feeling there's going to be quite a few here that are going to be just a simple agree. So, women's strawweight, I've gone for Tatiana Suarez. I think that Whaley is going to get past um, Joanna Jacek, which yep. they're making for March time. It looks like. Yeah. 
Uh, and then hopefully Suarez can have a bout in the intermediary to set up the big fight because I think they're certainly looking to make that fight. And I think if she can stay injury free, then she's yeah. I mean, we are both big fans of of um, friend of the pod Suarez. I think she is. Um, he's a very very good fighter, to be honest. And then I've got women's flyweight. I can't see it leaving uh, Valentina Shevchenko. No, I completely agree. I think the the other contenders in the division, if if you count them as that, are uh, Macy Barbo. I think has a, a long way to go, but yeah, she's the most her. I mean, you just look through. Valentina Shevchenko obviously beats blonde fighter Caitlin Chukajan. Yeah. Uh, Andre Lee is another one who I think you can be excited about. Yeah, again, but I mean, they're ranked eight and nine. Yeah, I think they're waiting to have the big fight. Andrea Lee was sidetracked for ages. Her um, husband was like, he was exposed at one point. They took a picture together, him and Andrea Lee. Right. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, He yeah, had yeah. a swastika yeah. tattooed on him. Yeah, I remember this. And they kind of, she defended him as much as she could. Next thing you know, she was in a hospital because he'd beaten her up. Right. And gone on the run. I still don't think he's been found, actually. Jeez. His name's Donnie, which is a very... Uh, Suspicious name. <laughs> well, I'm just yeah. You I mean you go through that division? You look at six and seven in that division of Lauren Murphy and Roxanne Modafferi. Oh jeez, Lauren Murphy. I mean I Lauren Murphy. Stand. Did she not get slapped up in the first round of the Ultimate Fire? I'm not sure. She was the one where um, Eddie Alvarez kept calling her Bob. <laughs> and then she <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. Sorry. And then she won her fight on the finale, and um, DC accidentally called her Bob. <laughs> yeah I mean and then we've got the other two divisions where I mean it's just Amanda Nunes is to lose right yeah I've got yeah Nunes I think it looks like Aspen Ladd might be next which I mean she just got knocked out in the first round by uh, Jermaine Durandamy I think my, so. f- my favourite part is that if you got if anybody's listening now go on the UFC website and look at the women's featherweight rankings yeah yeah. Click the drop down. <laughs> there is no rankings. It is Amanda Nunes only. Well, yeah, they literally did just make it for uh, Cyborg. Yeah. That was yeah. it. So, other than that then, so if we get on to the men's, so men's yeah. flyweight. Um, yeah. Henry Zahudo, I think, is going to retain that. I yeah. Think, I think he's going to fight uh, Joe Benavidez when he's back. Yeah. He won the first fight with him, in my mind, and just didn't get the decision. And he's probably a lot better than that now. Yeah, as well. he he's leveled up. Benavidez looks like he's somewhat coming back to himself, but you look at the guys yep. he's been against. I think there's Henry Tejudo and then everyone else. It looks like in that division. Yeah. And yeah. because they were going to get rid of flyweight, hoping that uh, TJ would beat them, they did just dispatch a lot of their main contenders. So yeah, they are agreed. struggling to put a card together for them. Bantamweight then. I have uh, Petr Jan. Yeah. Well, after Saturday, I think he's got a great chance. He was my one to watch from last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A brilliant year for him, to be fair. I, I mean, th- I think an honourable mention needs to be given to Jose Aldo, who potentially should have gotten the decision against Marlon Moraes. I thought it was a fairly... No, no, I, I, I gave it to Moraes, but I get the argument that if it was a five-round main event, Jose Aldo wins that fight. Yeah, I just... I, I don't know... I think people were caught up with it being Aldo when people, like all the scorecards people had online with Aldo because 
He barely threw a shot in the fifth in the third round. No, I so I, I, I gave it to Marais. I did give it to Marais, but you've got to be putting Aldo close to the top of that division, especially he may wait fairly easily it's, in the end. It's a it's a great division. I mean, if you look at who Jan would have to beat to win the title, you're looking at probably him v Sterling. Maybe the next fight. You've got Cejudo. You've got Marais in there. You have Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, so they're the three. I mean, I assume that they're probably going to rebook Marais v Aldo. Marais says that he wants Aljamain Sterling next if okay. he can, okay, because he said he doesn't like him, and so he wants to be the reason he never fights for a title in his life, which is a bit harsh. Right, okay, but I think yeah, they'll try and make the Aldo fight. But Dana was talking about because he feels Aldo won, He's he may him. just make him against Cejudo. Yeah, that's <laughs> just ridiculous. If that's the case, then just don't have judges, and just whoever Dana thinks wins wins because that's essentially what you're saying at that point yeah i get that featherweight yeah. i think is a lot more interesting dynamic yeah i think max will get the belt back it looks okay. like they are going to make an immediate rematch they're going to try and do it in australia where they're making uh yoel romero against uh starbender yeah, yeah. for the belt next yeah. mainly just because uh Paolo Costa's injured what look at this bloke in the darts if he would have been right at home in nazi germany <laughs> he was like a dream for them. Because <laughs> if anyone wants to look him up. So, yeah, I think Holloway wins the rematch. I think Holloway's fight IQ is on like another level. And I think if you Didn't show it him, brilliantly Saturday. He, when you think that he made it close despite his leg being well, blown out, yeah. he then switched mid-fight I mean, to I, make it close at the I end. I think, for me, when he fought only orthodox, he looked brilliant. For that long period of time where he went southpaw, he looked pretty poor. But his fighting game is the best when he moves and he switches it up. That's why I Just think... a brilliant game plan by Volkanovski. I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant game plan. Then we have uh, Lightweight. Uh, I think Khabib is still going to be... Yeah, I mean, I thought you said that Tony had beat him. I said that two years ago. If you look in our chat, I said, I want Tony, but I think Khabib wins. I think Khabib beats anybody in that division. And I think he keeps beating them until he can't be bothered to beat them anymore. Yeah, I think next year for Khabib is going to be Tony. And then it sounds like they're making Connor yeah. in the rematch. Dana's comments on that were ridiculous. He said, well, Connor against Cowboy is a fighter 155 without weight cutting. So why should, they not have, why should they not have to weight cut? <laughs> yeah, no, that's weird. You have welterweight. I'm going to go out on the limb and say Leon Edwards has the belt. I would have gone out on a limb and say Colby Covington wins the rematch. He's going to struggle to get any kind of good grace from uh, <laughs> Dana. No, exactly. That's the only reason I don't think it's before 2020. Uh, but I think Usman keeps that belt warm until he finally gives Colby that rematch. Yeah, which, I mean, they struggled to make the first one. So if you think Colby's going to think his worth is just as much, and they're probably going to say, no, no, that's not quite how it works. So... No, no, but I, I, I do think he will get the rematch eventually because I think he'll I don't be... think he'll get it next year though. No, no that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't know. It'll definitely be before 2020. Um, so that's what I'm saying. I think Usman will still be champion by the end of the year. Middleweight, I think Adesanya is going to retain the belt. He'll probably agreed. have a life and death fight with Yoel because everyone does. Yeah, agreed. And then he'll beat Costa up at the end of the year. And I think Costa, as much as he's looked great, he, he is. He's not going to do anything different to what Whitaker did, is he? No. And he, he's not any more fine-tuned than Whitaker is. 
he's essentially raw power, and it's if it works, it works. Agreed. But there's nothing too like OTT technical about it. He's just going to try and break your will. Yep. Light heavyweight. I think this depends a lot on whether John Jones, Jones is yeah. going to go up or not. So I've got Tiago Santos in there purely because I think he's going to be the best of the rest, and I think. Jones is at some point he's going to have to go up and I think next year is going to be the year he's hinted at it again I think Corey Anderson would have a great run if if Jones went up I think Jones is going to hang around to try and break Corey Anderson first because Corey Anderson's made it personal with him now yeah and then Thiago Santos I think Corey Anderson for as good of a 10 minutes as he's going to have if you give him chance, he's always going to have like that brain fart with at least five, at least one point of the fight. And Thiago Santos is like that guy you cannot do that. No, against. no, agreed. Heavyweight, I'm going to go for Ngannou to be champion at the end of 2020. If you, depending on who you say has the belt when they face him, I don't well, think Stipe can go five with him again because. At some point, he is going to hit you. Well, there is that, but it's not like he didn't hit Stipe. No, and he very Just... nearly he finished him each time that he did. And so, well, Stipe's only getting older. He's going to have another fight between then. Well, we're probably... Gonna... Daniel Cormier seems to be really pushing hard. That he's got one more fight in him. Yes, that's what I mean. So, so if we're saying that they're going to rebook that, then the belt suddenly becomes vacated if Cormier if wins. wins. Yeah. Well, even if... Stipe wins. He's not getting through it without taking a few lumps. And what is he now? Like nearly forty. No, Stipe. Yeah. Yeah. Like so you're gonna have a couple of lumps taken out of you, and you don't really want any more lumps taken out of you before you get in there with Ngannou. No, I get your who point. Who is a freak? I get your point. Should, Although should I do we, just think should we mention that you picked Kane against Ngannou? Yeah, only because Kane's. I don't think I picked him. I think I just simply said that Kane's my favourite fighter. I'd love to see him win. But he's just got nothing about him anymore. <laughs> Sadly. You know, Kane of 2010 to 2012 would have smashed anyone in that division. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's why DC moved down. And they wouldn't fight each other because they're boys, sure. I get, I get that, but, you know, Kane's just an absolute beast. Yeah. Or was. Before we get into our end of decade awards then, if we just have a quick look at the timeline and we can see how far the UFC has developed and kind of the major moments in that time. Yeah. March 12, 2011, the UFC purchases Strike Force, so that's obviously helped to make them what they are today when you think of the talent they were able to pick up in that. Yeah. Um, it was able to help build up the number of events. When you look now, they have like an event most weeks. So they wouldn't have done that and certainly wouldn't have been able to do it without as many of the marketable names that they've gone on to have in that time. Um, that helped with um, Zufa and then within two years they were able to make stars out of DC, Luke Rockhold and shut down obviously their chief rival. Yeah. And then August 18th, 2011, the UFC announced a TV deal with Fox and you look at him there they then have 
Rogan wearing a suit, they want to be a, a bit more professional. You look, um, they're an organisation that was once banned from being on pay-per-view because of the content they were showing, yep. and then they have one a month now. And it was able to kind of bring in some acceptance, which they didn't have before. And kind of, as you said earlier, it was viewed as a blood sport, whereas it was viewed far more as a technical yeah, yeah. what it is now. February 23rd, 2013, Ronda Rousey makes her UFC debut, helps bring in far more popularity. I mean, and, wow, what a huge moment that is when you actually yeah. think on it and how good some of the female fighters are now. Yeah, and that's now women's MMA is just as popular as the men's game. You look... Um, I mean, you got them, you know, topping cards and on a regular now. Yeah, she was like a belated addition to the UFC roster following the Strike Force purchase, so yeah, all kind of ties in together. Um, June third, twenty fifteen, the UFC announces their anti-doping policy, and we see guys like Henan Barrow fall off. There has been people, my debating, man Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, people have been debating the last couple of days, saying maybe we shouldn't be looking at Usado as much, and maybe looking back at. Uh, what TJ Dillashaw may well have been on at the time and to then put a beating on Barrow twice. Yeah. And it only takes one fight to knock kind of the stuffing out of someone and that could just as easily be it as USADA coming in or whatever. Yeah. November 15th, 2015, Holly Holm shocks Ronda Rousey at UFC 193, which we'll get into. Yep. Um, March 5th, March 5th, 2016, Nate Diaz taps out Conor McGregor at UFC 196. July 9th, 2016, UFC sells to WME IMG. So a company that was purchased just 15 years earlier for 2 million, sold for more than 4 billion. It's mental, isn't it, when you yeah. think of it like that? November 12th, 2016, McGregor becomes the UFC's first simultaneous champ. August 26th, 2017, the UFC is now that mainstream that Conor McGregor goes into a fight with Floyd Mayweather in one of the biggest um, commercially selling fights of all time. Yeah, mental. And then May 8th, 2018, UFC announces a TV deal with ESPN, so they are now at the forefront of sports. They're alongside basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else, so they now really can call themselves uh, one of the worldwide leaders in sports. So as it comes to the end of the decade now, it's only right that we do our end of decade awards. Seems so, only right. Yeah, so... Obviously, casuals like yourself probably weren't viewing back then, Byron, but... Um, I've said the first events I watched, um, Dillashaw winning the belt against Brow and uh, Chad Mendes against uh, Aldo if, too. In fairness, the first event I actually remember... I mean, it was probably shortly after Sonnen v Silver won. I mean, when would that have been? I don't know. My, my issue was that every time I did tune in to watch it would be if boxing wasn't on and then I would be and people can pretend and we've had this conversation before you can appreciate what wrestling is without finding it as appealing to watch as two guys standing in the middle of the octagon and slugging it out. Yeah I get that. I so get when that. people are selling UFC to you in cage fighting you think of the most brutal thing ever and so when you flick over and you see two flyweights wrestling each other, it's not selling the sport to yeah. you, particularly if you don't know what you're watching at that point. For me, I actually, to be honest, um, I mean, I love watching the grappling and that, but I do get your point. But that's when you know what it is. You, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time you sit down to watch UFC, you don't enjoy watching two wrestlers. Do you, do you enjoy it more now than what you did? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't sit in, I wouldn't have sat in to watch a main event with Colby Covington and Kamara Usman if... 
I didn't like wrestling and well, obviously didn't turn out like that. But you can, I, I'm still going to prefer, I think 90% of people are lying if they say, oh, I preferred a fight like Usman against Woodley than McGregor against Diaz because it's more technical. Yeah. I don't believe it when people say that, but I can certainly see the other side of it. So fighter of the decade then. We touched on this yesterday when we were doing some planning. We don't just come in here and freewheel it. I looked as hard as I could to not give it to John Jones. Yeah, so and... did I. But then I just kept saying, no, it is John Jones. Well, in the last decade, wins against Bader, Shogun, Rampage, Machida, Rashad, Belfort, Sonnen, Gustafsson times two, Glover, DC times two, and then the last couple, OSP, Smith, Santos don't really fit in with the other names. Yeah, but, but then you look, you got Shogun, Rampage, Machida, Rashad, I mean. <laughs> Balfour, DC, or former champions. Exactly. Yeah, even if you... Or if you count Bellator as a real MMA event, you've got Bader as a champion too. Yeah. Even if you want to diminish his accomplishments and you're well within your rights to do so when you look at uh, what's gone against him, it, you struggle to convince me that it is just whatever he's been taking that makes him the talent he is now. I think there's no, obviously agree, far agree. more to it. Agree. Fight of the decade, then. Fight of the decade. This was a fun one for me to try and think, but I came down on Robbie Lawler v Rory McDonald. Yep. Despite the fact I love Rory McDonald, maybe just because he's my namesake, but he's just signed for um, PFL actually. Okay, okay, but just for me, it was just such a brilliant fight. So back and it had and the forth. finish that I referenced earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't know what what were your thoughts, but that was the fight that that really will always be the yeah. Somebody's gonna have to come and beat yeah. that. The other contender was, um, for me, was Henderson against Shogun. If you go back and watch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was a mental fight, but it was it was only sort of two rounds of mental, if I remember correctly. I think... Was it three rounds? It went rounds? to a decision, but the thing that held it against it for me is the fact that it went to oh, a decision. Oh, sorry, so, am, I, am I thinking of yeah. number two, am I? We're asking the wrong guy. I've forgotten half these fights until I, I must went be, I must be, I must be thinking Henderson Shogun too, where Shogun's sort of rolling out and Henderson just catches him with that absolute bomb. Yeah. So, knockout of the decade... Go on, you go first. I've got some contenders. So I've got Weidman against Silver. Okay. Purely for kind of the magnitude of what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Holly Holm against Ronda Rousey. Yeah, that was one of um, my obvious contenders. Gregor Aldo. Yeah, one of the contenders. And Masvidal Askren. Okay. I've actually gone for some of those, none of those. I went for Edson Barboza v. Terry Etam. I saw some other suggestions. Just that. because the way... The come in the commentary is very weird that Rogan says, you know, you're going to take a chance or you're just going to knock out. And then obviously, it's just the way he stiffens him. It's just a. And that was back when, you know, you see people throwing wheel kicks week in, week out now. But that Unlike was back him. when it just wasn't. It wasn't really happening very often as well. The thing that puts the others above it for me is. Magnitude the quality of, the fight. of knockout and then coupled up with the magnitude of the knockout. Yeah. I mean, for me. In terms of a one shot, I would give it to Barboza Vietum. In terms of the actual shock value and that sort of thing, I'd probably have to give it to Holly Holm. Yeah, I would. 
McGregor was brilliant. I think there's an argument for it being Masvidal well Askren, but I've kind of gone against what I said before then. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I went for Barbosa Vietim just, just because of... I just took it as just the actual knockout, forgetting everything else. But yeah, for the yeah. moment and everything else, I'd go for Holm Holm Rousey is one of the most I've ever squealed at a mm. knockout. Yeah, I was cheering. Just coming in my head, actually, um, Rumble Johnson against uh, Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Which was a banger where Rogan is like, that is one scary, scary man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rumble was just, he's got hands, right? Still says he wants to come back at heavyweight. I'm not against it. <laughs> I don't dislike it. He says, if if John Jones wants to go to heavyweight, make him his first fight so he can feel himself out against another light heavyweight, as he says. <laughs> Submission of the decade. For me, there was only one, and it's my favourite UFC finish of all time, and it's John Jones against Lyoto Machida, where yeah. he lets him slump to the floor and just turns, he doesn't just, even look back I as just, he walks off. It's just so scumbag, isn't it? Um, the, the for me, I'm, is so cool. I'm sure that people probably picked up the reference earlier, but I went for Kareem Zombie and Leonard Garcia because yeah, it was the first ever twister in the UFC, and it just looks disgusting. <laughs> Performance of the decade, I went for Ken Velasquez against uh, Junior dos Santos. Three. Yep. I love it when you see a fighter like mentally break in the octagon and you see the fight leave them and that happens probably in like the fourth round of this yeah I I, I always remember I mean like I say Kane's probably one of my favourite fighters of all time and I always remember when they did Embedded or Countdown or something and they had Junior Dos Santos' coach and he was on saying the reason we didn't win the second fight is because JDS had this like condition which meant the harder he trained the worse his body was for it and I was like yeah but they were sort of saying like basically his muscles were breaking down on themselves so we couldn't there was no way he was ever going to win number two. And then number three was just emphatic as well. But like I said, I, I just used to love Kane. It, it Slams just, him on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Well, my, you, my... If you're not going to let me... No, I was just going to say, just carried on with that. <laughs> if you watch the UFC, have got a little like throwback video of this fight on YouTube where it's like five minutes long and they show parts of the fight from the corner and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Kane invites... JDS into his photo after the fight and he looks like he's just so happy to be there like he hasn't just been knocked out on the top of his head so nice guy yeah for me performance of the decade I went for Holly Holm v Ronda Rousey yeah it's hard to uh, it was just an absolute one-sided mauling there was one takedown in the fight and it was when (laughs) Holly Holm somehow managed to sort of grip Rousey around the waist sort of from behind (laughs) and just pull her down which was just nobody expected it everyone sort of thought you know Rousey will get her down. Even when the first few shots landed, you thought, ah, the takedown's coming, the takedown's coming. And then at the end of the first round, you thought, God, we've actually got a fight here. And then uh, the iconic moment where Rousey tries to throw a big looping left hook, falls to one knee, and Holm just sort of gestures like, come on, let's fight some more. Rousey should have shook her hand at the face-off and she should have touched gloves before the fight and maybe (laughs) it wouldn't have gone like that. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's performance of the decade purely because it was just so unexpected. Yeah. Beatdown of the decade. Uh, I've had between a couple, I got Jones against Shogun. Shogun was meant to be the guy that was eventually going to be able to stop Jones, and I don't think he landed a shot on him. Yeah. I mean, you've actually just mentioned my beatdown of the decade a moment ago when Kane just pulverized JDS. (laughs) I mean, two. 
I had to remind myself which one was the most emphatic two or three. And yeah, as you say, three, he gets the finish. But it was just incredible to watch. The other ones I had were, well, one other, I had um, Aldo against Faber's legs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose we can't really give it that because it's not technically UFC, right? That was WEC days, was oh, it? Good show. But yeah, I mean, that was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. Comeback of the decade. There's a couple here. Anderson Silva against Chael Sonnen. That was my one. I, all, one. I mean, I, I, I texted you yesterday when you sent me over the questions and, and the answers and whatnot, and I actually had... Uh, I said if it had gone a minute longer, I'd have had uh, Sonnen v Silva as my beatdown of the decade. As I mentioned um, just off air a few... Uh, sorry, just at the start of this section a few minutes ago, probably about the time I started watching was in and around the sort of Silva v Sonnen um, feud. But uh, yeah, what a great comeback. You've also got um, Czech Congo against Pat Barry. Yeah, that, that was time. ridiculous. Absolutely and, ridiculous. Um, Misha Tate against Holly Holm. Yeah, I mean, Misha Tate v Holly Holm is basically a poor man's Anderson Silva for me. <laughs> Gets the submission, but you know, wasn't wasn't getting as dominated as as um, Silva was in the Sonnen fight. If you get no. my point. And then, event of the decade. There's a couple. So, UFC 189. Last time we. Uh, got to uh, spoke about UFC I think it was me you we had Jack on there Troy TK yeah I think we've we've previously said about the best card we've ever watched yeah, and, we, and for me it will always be UFC 189 so the suggestions I had were UFC 205 with um, McGregor Alvarez yeah, yeah. Um, Woodley Thompson Joanne against Carolina which was a better fight than thinks there was the scare at the end where Carolina had her rocked yeah I mean you've also had you know Khabib v um, Michael Johnson on that fight and you also too. had Romero against Weidman Oh yeah, he cuts <laughs> in with that le- yeah, <laughs> yeah. flying knee, one you completely yeah. forget. If you ever watch um, sort of the behind the scenes and they've got Conor McGregor watching it in the back and then he starts practicing the flying knee and he goes, oh, and then you just hear Rogan going, he's marching around the cage, he's soldier of God. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just and a he frightening up Bispin, didn't he? And Bispin was I love you, there. Mike. <laughs> and, he yeah. ass. and then you had UFC 217, where you had GSP Bisping, you had TJ against Cody, yeah. you had Rose against Joanna, you had Wonderboy Masvidal, you had um, Paolo Costa against Hendricks, in which you picked uh, Hendricks. You had OSP against Corey Anderson, where he like I thought he was back him. on peds. Huh? I thought he was back on peds. <laughs> and you opened the card with um, friend of the pod, Ricardo Ramos, with a spinning back elbow against Zahabi. Yeah. So that was a banger. Yeah, I mean, for me, UFC 189 is just the goat of all cards. I mean, everything else that came with it, you had um, Thomas Almeida flying knee to uh, Brad Pickett. This yep. is going off the top of my head. Uh, there was another flying knee. Was it Jeremy Stevens? You the had, other flying knee? You had Lawler, Rory on that card yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. You had, yeah, Jeremy Stevens flying knee. Chad. Um, he was down two rounds against. And then um, he marched into the corner and goes, I never fucking miss Wade again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had, um, obviously, Chad v. Connor. You yeah. had the launch of the Reebok deal. Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor and some other country singer like Tracy Adams or whatever his name is. Aaron Lewis. Because <laughs> yeah. I uh, kept listening to it after uh, <laughs> Mendez's entrance. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it, that was back in the days where you didn't get multiple title fights on the same card, really, as well. That was the first card that they started um, televising the walk-ons. Okay. Where they actually started showing them walking to be like boxing. Yeah, I mean, it, I just thought it was a brilliant card. There was... Um, I always remember, like me it and my brother, wasn't it? Yeah, me and my brother watched it, and my brother's not really a massive MMA fan. He was just like, "God, this is incredible." Yeah, 
Because every yeah. every fight every fight had a finish, if I remember right, or every main 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 yeah. card fight um, certainly. I think this was TK was like coming into being like a big UFC fan, and then we watched it with two others who like weren't yeah. UFC fans, but that was kind of McGregor effects, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People got caught up on the hype. I remember I had another friend. Uh, he said, oh, can you call me when they're in the ring? And like, you know, that's like what yeah. your dad used to say when he was boxing. Come, yeah. and, come and knock on my bedroom door and I'll come down and watch the fight. Yeah, I think I'd go for UFC 217. I think if I had to watch one back, I think that's... What... Yeah, no, for, for me, it will always be UFC 189 until there's a really that special fight card. That recency bias because I can remember, I think TK must have been away or at home or something and basically, whenever he can't watch the card, it just turns into a banger. And that was like one where we previewed, and I said on there, "There's only one thug in this fight, yes. and it's not Rose." Yeah, I think we all picked Cody. I think I bet on TJ on the night though. Um, and yes, I think it was like a three-to-one split with Bisping over GSP as well. So you had a yeah. night of upsets. Yeah, I mean, you even just look at some of the other, um, <laughs> just looking really far down the card of that UFC 118, you had uh, uh, Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, against Henry Bruners, was it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, you had um, Matt Brown against Tim Means, and you had Gunnar Nelson against Brandon Thatch, when Brandon Thatch looked absolutely huge compared yeah, to anyone. Him out. He choked him out, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, really, just brilliant, brilliant fights. And then to close us out, wouldn't be spit one and pop without a bit of negativity. Biggest disappointment of the decade. <laughs> well, I've actually got two for this, and it takes me back to sort of um, you have to think who were the champions at the start of the decade. And I've gone for this is before you got the really light guys in the UFC. I've gone for the lightweight champion at the time, which was BJ Penn, and then I've gone for the heavyweight champion at the time, which was um, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, I think, gets saved purely because of how bad BJ Penn is. <laughs> So if we talk through what BJ Penn did, as I said, he started the decade as champ. Lesnar has had a win as well. Yeah, well, BJ Penn has had one. But he's had one win, (laughs) nine losses, and one draw. Or one no contest. Um, But you look just what a demise it's been. Frankie Edgar polished him off twice, and then basically just started a steady downhill from there. I mean, Brock Lesnar, I suppose he's lost to Kane, Ream, and had a no contest against Mark Hunt. Famously, he's not actually actually won that fight. But he did beat Shane Carwin. Uh, was it Shane Carwin in quite impressive fashion right at the start of the decade, which saves him? Whereas BJ Penn's first um, fight of the decade is a maul into Frankie Edgar. Was it Uberim he lost to as well? Yeah, that was well. <laughs> yeah, where Overeem just landed the most vile knees and body kicks. My my other one oh, yeah. is, is <clears throat> not, not away from the champs, but I think he slightly has redeemed himself in the last couple of years was Todd Duffy. Because at the end of 09. It was like August 09, he gets that impressive seven second finish and then just goes on an absolute slide. The chin by Roy Nelson? Uh, probably. I mean, Roy Nelson. Roy just Nelson or Frank Mir was one of the two. Uh, Frank Mir. Frank Mir chinned him, yeah, yeah. My disappointment of the decade was Luke Rockhold. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Beat Jackery in 2010 to win the Strike Force title. Had wins over, well, I've got Boach in here who doesn't really add up with the rest of them. Bisping, Machida, and Weidman in the UFC then lost to Bisping and his only win since then was against David Branch and he had just, highlight knockouts to Romero which was one of the most that seemed to last a decade him running towards clobbering him that extra time and I just struggle to give to him well. somebody like him 
disappointment of the decade because he has come from relative obscurity but after, to well, them winning the UFC title. He was strike force champion in 2010. And then yeah. after beating Weidman, if you look back, there was like polls of who's going to be the longest reigning. And people thought like, who is going to beat him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I get that. But despite not liking him, I think I've picked him for every fight since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, as soon as you go against him, he's just going to absolutely dominate somebody. Well, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll be fighting again now. No, probably not. I mean, his leg looked like it's probably still mashed to bits as well. After Dana dug him out, saying he's that guy that has all the looks and can't can't speak to women. <laughs> so he's lucky he's got lucky he's got a pretty face. Yeah, I mean, I I personally went for... I don't think there can be an argument with BJ Penn, to be honest. No, that's horrendous. And it helps that people have realised what a horrendous bloke he is now. So Yeah, I, I mean, you circulated some stories to me. So that is the end of the decade for the UFC. Not the end of the decade for the podcast, as I'll put this out before the new year. So, Well, we said at the start of the pod it might not be. Yeah, I think I'll do it. So we've got time. Get you home to... Get yourself something to eat. Yeah, I mean, I've been been soldiering on with no food tonight. So you're looking at the cat. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the Chinese are like around here, mate, but apparently they're the, they're the age-old stories. So anyway, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitball and Pub. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll get Rory back next year. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you want to play this on repeat until um, I'm back, I will try and make a, an appearance before December 2020. But uh, Merry Christmas to all the fans and and, uh, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back. Adios.